T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. All right, well, here's uh, John Kirby at the White House trying to deflect here on this COVID origin story. The president made uh, trying to find the origins of COVID a priority right when he came into office. And he's got a whole of government effort designed to do that. Uh, there is not a consensus right now in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. You've got a whole plan to do that, apparently. So KJP asked about that in the briefing room. Jackie Heinrich from Fox. From the, the lab leak news from the Department of Energy, is it prudent to have members within the administration voicing support for one theory over another if there isn't a consensus? We need to know more. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of how, uh, how, uh, how uh, COVID-19 originated. A lot of those people were derided as, as fringe, you know, conspiracy theorists. So are there lessons learned? The president is asking his team to do everything that they can uh, to figure out where it originated because of what could potentially happen next. You have a president that wants to get to the bottom of this. What, what are they so afraid of? That's one of the questions. And let's not forget what happened when I'm sure it was the White House that put the talking points out to the uh, legacy media about this. Bunk em. A lot of people on the right love that phrase, escape from the lab, because it sounds like something from a Marvel movie or a comic book. Both scientists and the U.S. intelligence community agree that this coronavirus was not man-made. That is not a possibility. But there is also no reason to believe any of these conspiracy theories that it was leaked from the lab in Wuhan, whether intentionally or otherwise. Nothing to see here. There's nothing to see whatsoever. Just don't ask questions, media, because it's just a conspiracy. And we're going to have our talking points. We're going to put them out there, and everyone is going to repeat them. Well, until there's conflicting information that shows that everything we learned a few years ago pretty much has been blown up. Dr. Buzz Hollander is back with us, family physician, one of our COVID go-to guests here for the past couple of years. And I believe he's back on the Big Island after spending some quality time uh, or not-so-quality time in Seattle. How are you, Buzz? Uh, I am so glad to be back in Hawaii. This place really is paradise. I, I've learned my lesson. Well, we, let's just recap real quickly, and I hope you're doing okay, but you had a little bit of, uh, was it a throat cancer scare? You were in Seattle getting a, a lot of treatment for that for a while. Yes, seven weeks of hell in Seattle. It was um, not fun, although it could have been a lot worse. And uh, prognosis is good. This should all be in the rearview mirror, I hope, but... Um, Whew, that is a couple of months I never hope to relive. So you were Not there for Seattle seven, in winter. seven. So what? The family was there for part of that, or for all of that? 
Oh, they were there the whole time. Okay. They, uh, they rightfully were afraid to desert me to my own devices as a miserable, whiny person. <laughs> Boy, you and I have a lot in common. I'm not, I am not a good sick person. My wife would tell you that. Just terrible. Worst person. Yeah, no, I did a lot of moaning and groaning and, oh, Michelle, do I really have to have another smoothie? I just had one a few hours ago. <laughs> but you're doing okay health-wise? I can hear a little grovel in the throat, but you're okay? Yeah, well, I'm working on my godfather imitation, ah. but... Um, Yes, the mouth is very slow to heal, and there's still, yeah, that's swelling in my tongue, and it still hurts to eat and all that stuff. But week by week, it's getting better. And mostly, it's like I am not in Seattle driving to a hospital every day. Life is so good. And swelling on my tongue was actually the name of my second album way back in 1987. <laughs> that was a good record. I, I, I still have the vinyl on that one. <laughs> exactly. All right, so, um, <laughs> hey, the Energy Department has now decided that the FBI might be right, that this might be a mishap at a Chinese laboratory, and now we're focusing on what was considered a wild and crazy outlandish conspiracy theory. So I don't even know if you and I have talked much about the origins of COVID in our conversations. We've talked a lot about COVID, but maybe not the origins. So what's your take on this? I don't think we have talked about it at all. And I should say from the get-go, because trust and integrity are very important to me, that I was one of those fools who at the beginning, I mean, granted, these were early days with COVID back before I became so cynical about it. I was one of those people telling my patients, Look, everybody in the CDC, all the experts, they all say the same thing. This was not engineered in a lab. Like, this is a crazy conspiracy theory. So guilty as charged, I went all the way over on one side, not realizing that it was one extreme of the possible ideological. Well, and, you know, let me, let me stop you there and say that uh, while I wasn't, I, I always was open to the possibility of that. There are so many things, if you'd go back and, and listen to some of the stupid things that I said about this virus in, you know, in the f- first few months or on the vaccine, I have deep regret over some of my stand. I think a lot of us do just based on the time and it was a different time and we were scared about what was happening. So I, I appreciate the uh, full disclosure, but I think it's understandable for sure. Nobody's gotten everything right about this virus. Absolutely nobody. And I think and, and it'll be fun to talk more about what this whole thing coming from the Department of Energy really means and how people are responding to it. But I, I think the single most important thing I can say is that I'm sure that many of your listeners have listened to or read somebody talking about this very subject and were and found them utterly convincing that whatever their side and I'm going to guess that a lot of your listeners, it might be the lab leak theory, right. but that that is clearly the only plausible explanation. And I, I cannot say this strongly enough. This is not a obvious call. It is very, very complex. You probably have to be an upper level virologist to even understand some of these issues. And you, you really can, if you listen to the um, natural origins people, and I'd say, you know, a prominent person who's always on Twitter and everything, a virologist by the name of Angela Rasmussen. So she and many co-authors have a paper that was in Cell Journal about the origins of SARS-CoV-2. And if you read that, it is so compelling that you will put it down and say, oh, so many good points. Clearly, this was natural origins. And then on the other hand, you can you can listen to some other people, a, a guy who wrote a book on the origins of it, Stephen Quay. I don't know if you've come across him. But a, a I don't think I have. MD and researcher. He's got his own book on it, and he does the media tour. You listen to him, and, and you're, you say, wow, 
this is this is a slam dunk. It, it, it's a lab leak. There's no doubt about it. And so anytime you have genuine experts with a completely conflicting ideas on a subject that sound compelling, that's where you got to realize the truth is going to come somewhere between them. And, I, you know, I, I lean lab leak. I, I, I'm an Occam's razor kind of guy, and I can't get past the fact that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is right at the epicenter of this. <laughs> right. Well, but did you hear, you know, I lean I, that way. I'm did you convinced. hear... Did you hear John Stewart's uh, bit on that, which I think threw Colbert for a loop a couple weeks ago? No. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Abby put that. We're gonna keep talking here. I'm gonna play that to you because it's gonna play right in to to what you're thinking. But yeah, I mean, you you can look at coincidences, and then you're gonna have to say, uh, well, maybe it's right in front of me, right? Yeah, and, and and to me, that's the killer point that there are literally hundreds of wet markets in China, many of which are much closer to the parts of China that we would have expected you know, bats to emerge from caves with, with a virus like this. But on the other hand, there's only one Institute of Virology in Wuhan, and, and that is the predominant upper-level research lab working with this type of virus in China. And it is quite a coincidence that a few blocks or whatever from from this institute, that's where it all began. So, you know, it's hard for me to get away from that. Um, I think that has to make it their early favorite, and I feel honestly sheepish that I accepted unquestioningly all these denials when something that obvious was in the face from the very Right, right. No, and I get that. Now, if it was, this is where I get a little confused here. If Dr. Buzz Hollander is with us, Stephanie, from the uh, Big Island of Hawaii, if it was a lab leak, it, does that mean necessarily that it was a man-made virus? Or could it have still been a lab leak when... They were trying to contain something. You understand my question there? Because I don't know all the ins and outs of how these things work, clearly. I'm not an expert. But if it's a lab leak, does that mean it's man-made? Well, it would um, it, uh, not necessarily because certainly they sample these viruses from bats, and that's, that's what they do there at the WIV or one of the things they do. And so it's certainly possible that you could be studying a virus um, that is pulled straight out of nature and not been monkeyed with, and, and, and that it happens to infect a lab worker who then goes out and infects people. Um, which, which, if you believe lab leak, you're thinking that. I don't think most people think that China deliberately dropped this into the Wuhan wet market and, and just to see what would happen. But, you know, somebody got infected and it got yeah, out. Right. Maybe the person got infected, wandered over to go get a, a speaking of monkeys, a little monkey or civet sandwich, and then happened to get the, the vendor sick. I mean, who knows? But I think most people, when they talk about lab leak, think that we, we are relatively certain that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was doing some gain-of-function research. I mean, we're pretty sure of that. And, you know, that is when you try to make a virus either more contagious or more potent, so you see what happens, and you find out how worried should we be about this? You know, do we need to put a big, you know, yellow police tape around the, the caves in, 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 you know, Vietnam? So when you're doing research like that, the obvious risk is that you create a virus that is more contagious or more potent, and you don't want it to get out of the lab. So, you know, the, the lab leak people are, are all going to tell you that Wuhan, they had spent money to be doing gain-of-function research. They like to point to the furin cleavage site, which is a particular way in which it makes the virus um, more amenable to get into our cells. And they say, this is weird that SARS-CoV-2 has got these furin cleavage sites right where it does. And and we think that's what they were studying there. So the assumption is that they that they took 
virus, presumably bat virus, and, and we know which ones they were studying, <clears throat> and then added to it, augmented it, made it something that became more of a threat. Okay, okay so li- this is perfect. This, this is, and I, I'm guessing a lot of the audience hasn't heard this. I only played it, I think, one time last week. It might have been my audio cut of the day. And you can even hear Colbert is not exactly... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 Five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. to respond to this. This is from, I think, a week ago. There's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab. There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh I, my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. Now, bear with us. This runs on a little bit, but it's worth it. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab... Wait. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I... Let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? (laughs) Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait okay, a second. Okay. Okay. Wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. Oh, he keeps going here. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory maybe that's it i mean that was uh, several questions about that one where the hell has that john stewart been the last few years and colbert couldn't even reel him in but you know that's that's literally stuff that people were getting pulled down from twitter on because they were blasting it out a few years ago and it was deemed conspiratorial and fake news dr buzz yeah that part of things is embarrassing it it obviously was in need of serious consideration from the get-go and um we kind of got scolded for considering it.
So we're, we're, you know, I don't know. Do you have any confidence? I don't think we'll ever find out the real answers here because China's involved. And I guess the World Health Organization even pulled out of any effort to, to find out the answers. So what are you left with? The United States Congress and only one half of that? I don't know. I, I think that barring some, some deus ex machina viral forensics, which I suppose is possible that somebody could really connect the dots. But of course, you know, they'd just be shouted down by everybody who disagreed with them anyway. Uh, Or if that lab director from Wuhan decides to come clean, Um, if if she were to ever endorse the fact that, yes, indeed, this is on us, Um, neither of which we're expecting, nor would she probably survive that confession. Um, So, no, we're probably never going to find out and uh, people are going to believe what they're going to believe. You know, it's so. I was thinking about this yesterday. It's interesting to me how little we are talking about COVID. In fact, if it wasn't for, I went to a um, concert in Kansas City a week ago Saturday to see the E Street Band, who was just there in Seattle actually last night, and they had a couple of members a couple of weeks ago that were out with, with COVID, so they couldn't perform. Outside of those references, I haven't heard anyone mention COVID, you know, in relation to being sick in, in a while here. Yeah, it's amazing how it is. Um, dropping out of the news, except exactly when that sort of things happen, people have to cancel stuff because they get COVID and they disclose why. You know, obviously it's still a part of my life because I still get calls every week, patients sick with COVID. Um, but uh, so I sort of have a sense of is it ebbing or is it flowing? Right. But uh, yeah, it's not in the news like it was. Well, and we, we got through the winter here, you know, and I think there was a lot of, there was still some concern, and I suppose we don't ever know what's coming down the line with anything. But boy, if if something like this happens again, no one is going to believe anything from the United States government based on our history. I, I think it would be very bad to have another pandemic, um, a novel virus anytime soon, because I agree with you. And, uh, you know, and it's what happens when you're wrong time and time again. Um, people stop listening. I would love to go back and look at the sort of party line public health people and what they were putting on their social media feeds in October and November, because I bet it was a lot of gloom and doom. And uh, I don't think anywhere got really hammered this winter, as you said. Um, Hardly going to get cocky here because there's always the possibility of an untoward mutation and all of that. But the bottom line is for now, immunity seems to have the upper hand. And uh, we kind of, you know, we go on business as usual with this life isn't quite as good as it used to be because now we've got one more virus that can make us really sick and sometimes for a long time. But it it could have been worse. Well, I hope you're doing well in your uh, cancer recovery. I will say this, you know, the deeper, it's a sexier radio voice, Dr. Buzz Hollander. Maybe that's what you were going for. But I wish you well and thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. It's always great. I appreciate it. Thanks. I enjoyed it, Mark. Take Take care. care. Supreme Court arguments on the student loan case today. Here's uh, Justice Gorsuch. People who've paid their loans, people who um, don't have planned their lives around not seeking loans, um, and people who are not eligible for loans in the first place, and that a half a trillion dollars is being diverted to one group of favored persons over others. 
Hmm, that seems like a valid point. Here's Justice Roberts. I think most casual observers would say if you're going to give up that much amount of money, if you're going to affect the obligations of that many Americans on a subject that's of great controversy, they would think that's something for Congress to act on. And if they haven't acted on it, then maybe that's a good lesson to say for the uh, p- uh, president or, or the um, uh, administrative bureaucracy that maybe that's not something they should undertake on their own. So Missouri is one of the six states that was uh, behind this particular lawsuit. Andrew Bailey, our new attorney general, who's been very active because of so many things that are happening here in St. Louis, um, was there in Washington arguing this case. And Ilya Shapiro is back with us this afternoon, director of constitutional studies at the Manhattan Institute. Quite the day it always is when arguments take place before the Supreme Court. Ilya, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing all right. I, I listened to the arguments uh, on a train, actually, coming back home from New York. It, it really was fascinating. So what what would you say? I mean, those were two valid questions. What I heard, and you'll be a better person to ask this question, is that you, you can sort of hear the justices and where they are in this, maybe make a little bit of a prediction on where the case is heading. Sometimes that doesn't happen. But what was the other side saying in this particular instance? Well, the, the case boils down to two things. First, standing, as, as you mentioned, uh, because Missouri was not arguing for itself. It was arguing on behalf of the what's called MOHILA, the Missouri, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's a loan servicing uh, uh, entity that would lose money uh, if all of these loans are, are forgiven, costing the state treasury and, and things like that. <clears throat> so there's some questions about about indeed whether whether they're standing but once you get past that the issue is in the heroes act legislation passed 20 years ago in the wake of 9-11 to uh give uh, allow the secretary of education to provide temporary relief for say soldiers or anyone else affected by a national emergency to pause their loan so they don't they don't default does that uh, uh provision give a broad enough authority to um uh, to, to give the, this $400 trillion worth of you know, millions and millions of people uh, debt relief. And the, and the government is arguing that it does uh, because, uh, strictly speaking, COVID is a national emergency and it affected lots of borrowers. And as the loan repayments start again after the end of the national emergency declaration, there will be more defaults and that will have uh, you know, an impact on, on the government. And so they can... Uh, the, the secretary has has the power to to, to do this. That's that's the strongest uh, argument here. But it didn't seem like a majority of the justices were buying it. And the idea that a pause or a waiver of certain obligations is not the same thing as wholesale uh, forgiveness for for this many borrowers. But you you have like members of Congress. I played this earlier. This is Jamel Bowman, who is a member of the congressional delegation from New York State. Why the hell? we paying for education in the first place college should be free because guess what when we get out we are contributing to this society and this democracy and this economy and making it stronger really i'm guessing that was not one of the arguments that was made before the court today i mean that's just uh, this is the mindset though that people think that that, that, i mean that 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 he may or may not have a valid point let's discuss just making college free and all that uh whether that means nationalizing or or at least making state entities out of all private institutions or i don't know what he has in mind in, in that regard uh, that's a separate issue. That's it is. Not the, you right. know, there's a difference between law and policy. For that matter, if, if he thinks as a congressman that all student debt should be forgiven, if Congress passed a law to that effect, 
then the Supreme Court wouldn't be hearing the case. This is about Joe Biden. Does he have the power on exec, uh, under existing law to just with one fell swoop, the pen and phone style of governance to, to do this massive action? Yeah, well, and that's what I said earlier. You could I'm even open to a discussion about because I remember the president. This current president talks about community college, making community college free, right? Maybe that's a worthy conversation, but that's very different than signing the paperwork on a loan, racking up tens of thousands of dollars, getting your degree, and then deciding, well, I don't think I want to pay it back. Right, right, absolutely. And and for that matter, if if Congressman Bowen's uh, argument that uh, you know we all contribute to society when we go to college, well, then that's he's saying college is a good investment, and that's what people do. They invest in themselves by going to college and. Uh, on average, someone with a college degree earns more than someone without. So that's a good investment, generally, if you're smart about what exactly you do. But anyway, that's that's a larger yeah. discussion. None of this has anything to do with the legal issue of whether Congress has provided the Secretary of Education with the authority to forgive all this debt. And this would be, in in my view, not only an important issue on the merits of this case, but this is a balance of powers issue, too, when it comes to executive orders, Right. Absolutely. Um, it's it's even more than the kind of the executive action cases that we've been used to. And I think this is just going to be the latest in a series with the CDC's eviction moratorium, OSHA's vaccine mandate, the EPA's uh, regulation of greenhouse gases. Uh, and this goes even further because it's not not simply a regulation or a mandate. It, it reappropriates congressional funds. Uh, and so it is a larger separation of powers violation. Some parallels here to, you know, so I'm not accused of being partisan, some parallels here of President Trump taking money from the military budget and uh, re- diverting it to, to constructing the wall in a way that Congress had rejected. So, yes, definitely an executive imposition or usurpation of the congressional power of the purse. So the, these decisions take a little while. We would normally expect a ruling on this case and some of the others at the beginning of summer, right? By the end of June. Yeah, absolutely. And your, your sense would be after listening to the arguments, we don't know how the justice is going to rule, but your sense is that this went pretty well in the um, on, on the side of the argument to to put the kibosh on this executive order. Right. Right. Well, the, the, the current posture is, uh, legally speaking, the lower courts have have paused. They've enjoined um, the temporarily blocked the, the loan forgiveness pending what the Supreme Court does. And I think the Supreme Court will make that pause permanent. Okay, so if they make that pause permanent, this is where I was kind of going to the line, is there anything else that might happen? I mean, the only other alternative would be Congress to, to pass something that would allow for that or not. Or is that not even possible? Does this basically no, no, put... that, that's exactly right. If Congress wants to take it up, then that's a, that's a whole other ballgame. Then we'll be arguing whether Congress, you know, Congress created this federal student loan program. Surely it can uh, change its terms and, and things like that. So um, I, I don't know if there would be a... Uh, a constitutional challenge to it at that point. But, yeah, I, I doubt Congress would be doing that. When the Democrats held both houses, they didn't take it up. And uh, and, and now I don't think the, the, the Republican-controlled House is going to have an appetite for this it. This is interesting, too. Let me play this. And I think the reaction is going to be the same as the uh, reaction on Jamal Bowman. This is Rashida Tlaib. Our government's supposed to be about people, right? They shouldn't be making off money off of us 
going to school or seeking edu higher education. It shouldn't happen that way. Now, again, Ilya, that's a valid point with the whole way that this student loan system has been set up, but it's very separate from just forgiving loans. You can have arguments. We should have had arguments. I remember talking about this issue probably even a decade ago or more about how it's just gotten out of control. Maybe we should have grabbed a little control on that, but this is very different. And maybe we should continue to have that conversation about the government being behind all this. Uh, absolutely. Maybe the federal government shouldn't uh, uh, guarantee student loans to, to that extent. I mean, the biggest villains here are, are really the, the colleges and universities that keep hiking up tuition and allow 18-year-olds uh, to take out uh, significant amounts of money for uh, what end up being uh, often, not always, as, as Congressman Bowman said, but, but too often, worthless uh, uh, degrees. And so maybe the colleges are are uh, you know misleading students and promising them the world and then they go into debt and then they can't repay it but that's that's again uh, that's a serious thing to discuss but it has nothing to do with whether the president has the authority in one fell swoop to yeah and, and the great irony is the low rates and the easy access to the money is exactly what drove the price of education to sky high territory and beyond yeah yeah and i, and I think the same congressman and women, uh, if uh, you know the, the 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 loan requirements were tightened, would be saying that you know it's it's racist and it's this and that that we're not we're only allowing uh, you know loans for degrees in engineering and computers and whatnot and not for uh, African American studies and 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 all these other things that they uh, that they might want that uh, statistically speaking don't pay off as well. Um, uh, you know, so I I think this is really. It's, it's too bad that this is such a partisan issue, as so many things are these days. But at the end of the day, if, you know, if Congress, Congress can restructure this federal student loan program however it wants. Uh, yeah. But I haven't even seen proposals, let alone uh, uh, actual bills being uh, passed. You know, you, you say it's a partisan issue, but let me I highlighted this with Congresswoman Wagner, one of our local members of Congress earlier. Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the United States House of Representatives, tweeted this yesterday. Extreme MAGA Republicans are working overtime to stop us from helping those with student loan debt. Thank you, President Biden, for your strong and continued commitment to delivering life-changing relief to million, millions of Americans. I, I tweeted that out and I said, hey, it's not really only MAGA folks, Hakeem. It's an overwhelming majority of the country. I mean, Ilya, the polling on this is not even close. It's 75 percent of the people in this country think this is nonsense. Nonsense. That's an, you rarely get over 62 or 63 percent in any national poll. Yeah. No, well, I, I didn't know that figure, but that's, um, that's good to hear. Uh, you know, interestingly, similar number for racial preferences in college admissions. You know, it's those of us who uh, hang out on Twitter and are uh, involved in these national political discussions think that it's uh, this high, high contentious issue, the affirmative action. Uh, but um, you know, if, if, as the conventional wisdom suggests, the Supreme Court is going to end racial preferences this term, um, most of America will be happy with that, including uh, every demographic group that you can break it down by age, education, income, uh, ethnicity, or, or anything else. So there are some of these issues, and this is, you put your finger on another, that uh, play differently uh, among, you know, average citizens versus uh, within Washington. I can't wait for all this. is going to be an interesting summer, or should I say spring, because aren't we kind of in a pattern for all these things to be leaked out one by one? Isn't that what we learned <laughs> last, last year? We'll find out before they're issued. Ilya, always great to have you on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Our audio cut of the day is coming up here. I have this great story I found in the Wall Street Journal earlier today. Before that, the headline caught my attention and I was unfamiliar with this little controversy. The headline says McDonald's, Cardi B, and offset promotion draws 
pushback from some restaurant owners. Some McDonald's locations are not promoting the hip-hop star's new meal, franchisees say. So Heather Haddon is the reporter, says McDonald's, Celebrity-sponsored meals, which have generated strong sales for the chain, are drawing criticism from franchisees who say some of the artists don't reflect the company's values. Some U.S. McDonald's restaurant owners have raised concerns over the chain's collaborations with celebrities, including rappers Cardi B and Offset, according to franchisees and email messages to other owners that were reviewed by The Wall Street Journal. So here's what's happening. And I'm going to give you an example here. And we don't know. And the journal says it's not clear how many of the McDonald's franchisees are uh, declining to promote the meal. But they've got this tie-in with Cardi B. I don't even know who Offset is. But let me let me give you an example for... Um, and this is dealing with the famous orders meals. They combine a handful of celebrities, handpicked menu items in the promotional packaging. Apparently, this has been big. I don't really go to McDonald's anymore. They started this in 2020, and the celebrity-backed meals have led to some growth in sales, et cetera, which is why they do that. But Cardi B, do people know who Cardi B is? Here's I'm going to give you an example of a song here. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Because listen. There's no words, are there? Well, there are words, and let me share the words with you. That's a radio edit. So the McDonald's franchisees are absolutely right. Now, this is racism. Straight and simple from me, the white supremacist, and any of these McDonald's franchisees who are complaining about Cardi B because it has to be racism. Listen to the lyrics. They're just very soft and loving and cuddly. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Woo. I can't really sing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You blanking with some wet Ass P word. This goes on and on and on. Beat it up, N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. This is Cardi B with Lizzo, by the way. Now, as an adult, uh, I'm quite fond of profanity. Um, like it quite a bit in my personal life. Every once in a while, it does slip out here on the air. But Cardi B and Lizzo and some of these other rap stars, their lyrics are disgusting. They're fine for adults. If you want to enjoy something like that, I don't get that with music. I also don't understand music that doesn't have melodies, which is most hip-hop and rap. But I get it's an art form, right? And this is, this is Cardi B and Lizzo expressing themselves about wet-ass P-word. And McDonald's franchisees are pulled into this and told they have to promote this in their small towns all over the country that are outside of L.A. in New York. And some of them are pushing back and saying, what the hell are you making us do? We'll see what the end result is there, because my guess is they'll just be corporate McDonald's will say, well, you're, you're just racist because these are black artists. Promise you that'll be the response. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored this afternoon by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. I haven't addressed this yet. This is a mom by the name of Rebecca Kiesling who is on Fox. And she's had two kids who have died from fentanyl. And she made some amazing points during an interview later, or earlier, I should say, today. Fentanyl deaths rose 22% from 2020 to 2021. I mean, it's unbelievable. You would think that one death from fentanyl coming across our southern border would be enough to sound the alarm. And my kid's story was high profile because three young people died. There was another child from our hometown who died the same day. It wasn't in the news. You don't hear about it. 
because it was just one death. So it wasn't like extraordinary. I found out from the um, funeral home that they have tons of these cases regularly. I'm from Rochester Hills, Michigan. We were, you know, in Money Magazine, right, ranked in top 10 cities live in America a few years ago. Um, our school is uh, top five in Michigan. But they, this all started at the schools. And the law enforcement aren't doing all they can, but they usually don't have leads. You have to stop it from its source. This was very emotional testimony before a congressional committee today, and she hammered home some really excellent points and obviously emotional. If we had Chinese troops lining up along our southern border with weapons aimed at our people, with weapons of mass destruction aimed at our cities, you damn well know you would do something about it. We had a weather balloon from China going across our country. Nobody died, and everybody's freaking out about it. But 100,000 die every year, and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand Americans every year are having their children, 200,000, because it's both parents, right? Are having their children taken away from them. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. You say, you talk about welcoming those crossing our border, seeking protection. You're welcoming drug dealers across our border. You're giving them protection. You're not protecting our children. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't deserve to be audio cut of the day, I don't know what does. Rebecca Keesley on Capitol Hill today, and she's absolutely right. Have a good evening. We'll talk tomorrow afternoon. we got Hayes and Alex Rich in the uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. I think Spicy. Yeah, Sean Spicer coming up tomorrow as well. Don't forget, we're on the road this week. We're going to St. Stephen's in Holly Hills for Fish Fry Fridays. Come see us Friday afternoon, 3 to 6. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 